0: Yeah, I invested all my money in a Sylvester Stallone action figure. My finances are a little rocky. <laughs> hey, shh. You well, do this
1: the day of my daughter's <laughs> wedding. That's how it? can you're I start? Saying? Can yeah.
0: I? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to not another needless sequel, where we talk movies and propose unnecessary prequels, sequels, reboots, and remakes. I'm your host, Kane, and as usual, I have with me my wife, Kelsey.
1: Mellow greetings, listeners.
0: Kelsey will be my co-host as we discuss 1993's Demolition Man. So what's the story?
1: Were you alive in 93?
0: I'm not gonna dox my age here. Uh,
1: <laughs> Alright, so. John Spartan has a rival named Simon Phoenix who essentially frames him for the murder of like 30 innocent civilians. So they both get frozen in a cryo-prison. And when Simon gets unfrozen for parole, he escapes and they decide to unfreeze John to bring him down because he's the only one who's ever been able to do so.
0: This movie starts off, I wanted to point out, with the Hollywood sign on fire to be like, look, it, isn't it crazy? You'd never. Ex- it's just like yeah. in other movies when they show like the Statue of Liberty destroyed or underwater or something. It's always like, oh my God. You see John Spartan. He is in a chopper heading down to deal with Simon Phoenix, who has just turned this place into a war zone. I loved that as he jumped out of the helicopter, he yells, Phoenix!
1: <laughs> I mean, I loved that as well, but I think something I loved more is when he jumped out of the helicopter, he just like threw something super heavy and then threw his body off, still attached to the thing, as if him jolting from the bottom wouldn't (laughs) snap his back
0: he's a true action hero yeah and when they're talking about why they're even coming for simon phoenix or when he's talking to simon phoenix like he says i told nobody to come over here mailman got it whatever police got it but the bus drivers wouldn't stop so like that's why he kidnapped all these people he was just mad that the bus drivers kept running their route through his little section that he took over, and he was like, well, fuck this, and took all these people hostages. Like, an absolute insane man.
1: Yeah, come to find out those hostages weren't really hostages, they were dead.
0: Yes, and I thought that when he does get Phoenix, and they are blaming John Spartan now for blowing up the building because he is known as the demolition man. Apparently he's done similar things before. They say that he's the reason all those people are dead. And like, I think it's kind of bullshit. I mean, this guy's a madman.
1: I have so much to say about this. Thanks for bringing it up. (laughs) Thanks for allowing me this opportunity. Couple things. He literally says, we did a thermal scan. There was only nine hot bodies. Right there, that should show you the people were already dead. The Mm -hmm. scanner didn't mess up. Secondly, I love how Simon's like, haha, they were, he killed them all. And the boss is like, yeah, he must have. He must have. This guy's right. Yeah, like, (laughs) Simon's right. Also, they blamed him for lighting the building on fire once again. And Simon lit it on fire and blew it up. And they blamed they blame the my gas, man, he John. The it's like they don't understand. He's like the Joker, and it's absolutely insane. But the police is like, John, you sure did do it, and like yeah. it was all Simon. And they just are so quick to believe Simon. And what's insane to me is it comes up here in a minute. Whenever they unfreeze Simon, Simon was up for parole before John.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we'll get to that part. But even when Simon is being pulled away, he's saying, "See." Chief, I told him. He didn't care. He said he didn't care. <laughs> like,
1: and the chief is like, yeah, yeah, you're right. He yeah. didn't
0: care. He's you're like, going to jail. you know this guy's a psychopath. But to be fair, apparently they told John Spartan not to go in there. Just don't do it. And he went in there. Hmm. But either way, I think it's fucked up. They said he was going to go to jail for 50 years. And no, I get- 80
1: years. But in 50 years, he was up for parole. Okay,
0: 80 years, 50 years for parole. This
1: all goes with my timeline issues. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So Simon Phoenix and John Spartan both get sent to this prison in this universe. They have cryo prisons where they freeze people. Um. I did want to point out that while I think Wesley Snipes did kind of an amazing job playing Simon Phoenix, I think he did this like crazy character very well. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone did initially want Jackie Chan to play... Simon Phoenix. They are friends, but Jackie Chan turned it down. He didn't want to play an evil guy at the time. That might have been interesting, but I do think Wesley Snipes did a great job. So in that scene where they are putting them in the machine to be frozen, Sylvester Stallone described the cryogenic freezing scene as possibly the worst five hours he's ever had on set, which I can really relate to that because it was a really terrible time in my life too when I watched naked Sylvester Stallone curl up into a ball to be frozen. And And full (laughs) frontal and full
1: backle. Well,
0: it's not really him because there is a restaurant somewhere that Sylvester Stallone owns or is a part of in some way. They have the mannequin of frozen him. In there. (laughs) That's (laughs) creepy. I know. That's
1: just like at his house that he just sold to Adele. They had a Rocky statue and she wanted to buy the house. And he was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, have the statue removed. And she's like, no, if you remove the statue, I'm not purchasing your home. (laughs) And like that was, (laughs) they had to keep. So he has a statue of like Rocky, like at his house.
0: It's crazy. Just like
1: crazy memorabilia from like all of his movies.
0: I mean, that reminds me of I Love You, Man, when he's trying to sell Lou Ferrigno's house and there's a statue of Lou Ferrigno. Up yeah, yeah, on. that's
1: exactly what it is. It's just like, which Adele bought that house and still has that statue to this day.
0: Well, he did it. <laughs> so I also question that scene because you're telling me you're dragging these prisoners in here and you're like, all right, crouch down. And they're like, okay. Like, how many prisoners are like, no, and then you have to force them down into the thing? Well, they
1: probably give him, like, ketamine or something.
0: Well, I guess maybe they just assumed John Spartan was going to go willingly, which he did. He laid down, and, I mean, knowing that he was scared as I watched the movie the second time, I felt like I could see it. Maybe not, but in his face, I was like, he does look like this is a really rough time for him. I don't know why it took five hours to film that scene. Maybe the goo that they were putting, maybe they made him really, like, hold his breath... As he went under there.
1: Well, that was like, you know, for Avatar 2, James Cameron made Kate Winslet hold her breath for seven minutes.
0: Yeah, I guess it could have been something like that. She
1: has a set of lungs on her. (laughs) Am I right?
0: Yeah. Well, so he gets frozen, and then we get a cut to the future. It's now San Angeles in the year Mm -hmm. 2032, where Simon Phoenix is brought up for parole. As you mentioned, somehow brought up for parole before... John Spartan, it doesn't make any sense. You'd think even if John Spartan was guilty of whatever the fuck they said, surely Simon Phoenix is just as guilty, if not worse.
1: Yes, because he murdered multiple people in cold blood and they charged Barton with 29 counts of manslaughter. However, one thing I want to point out before this is like, you get introduced to Sandra Bullock's character. What's her name? Lenina Lenina Huxley. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm just wanting some action. Why is it that like every single police and detective movie, they always want action and like crime and death and all of this? Like, can we just hope for a peaceful world? (laughs) Which this world seems peaceful, but it's really not because it's really just like. rich or the conformatory it's not yeah everyone which i mean that comes out later however but yeah why i also wrote the same thing why was simon on parole first after 29 years john would have had to be frozen for another 21 years before he's available for parole
0: i mean i was really confused he does break out of his restraints he seemingly has knowledge he shouldn't he knows the password to his restraints And he fights everybody, and he's able to escape, walk out. He knows about the technology. At first, you don't really know why all that is. But we do see the way the world is with Lenina Huxley. She is part of this police precinct. And, I mean, she even mentions, like, you know, how's the day going? And one of her colleagues is like, it's pretty bad. There was uh, some graffiti. And she's like, oh, my God, why didn't we get an all-cars call? Like, that's the kind of world they live in. That's why I think she is asking for action. I think for this movie, it is a little unique in that she wants action because there is literally nothing. Yeah. Which, even to her, it sounds like that graffiti was a big deal.
1: It's like, woo And it
0: immediately got zapped off. like Jeepers. The way they... Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how much they apparently changed from 1993... Or no, ninety six. But
1: they said that the earthquake wasn't till twenty ten. So it's really been since then.
0: I guess from twenty ten to twenty thirty two, suddenly they do not touch. Which I mean, granted, in our modern day, since the last little pandemic we had here, I don't really want to touch anyone anyway. When people reach out for a handshake, I'm like, ah, oh, is this really what you want? Do you are you sure? Like, I'd rather. Yeah, I could get with the way they high five. I'm cool with that. But they say, you know, be well. And mellow greetings. And then the toilet, which we'll, I guess we'll come back to the toilet I in I have second. something to say
1: about that in just a second. <laughs> However you know Simon ends up killing all those people at that thing he's just trying to figure out where guns are essentially Mm -hmm. he kills all those police officers and then the old guy Zachary Lamb decides he's like we should bring out John he's the only person who's ever been able to stop him and Lenina Huxley gets her panties in a twist about it and they decide to unfreeze him at that moment but the cat I just this is the first bit of timeline (laughs) issues I'm gonna have okay? okay the captain said that he hasn't worn a shield in 40 years. He was frozen 29 years ago in which he was a police officer, which Mm -hmm. is when Simon came up for parole. However, they're saying the year is 2032, which is actually 36 years (laughs) from when they were frozen. So I really want to know how long it's been because it makes... The math does not add up (laughs) because they said from 1996... It was the year, and John Spartan wouldn't be available for parole until 2046. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's 50 years. Yeah. 29 years after 1996 is not 2032. (laughs) It makes zero sense.
0: Maybe he was... And uh... then to
1: say that he hasn't worn a shield in 40 years, that's 11 (laughs) years off from the 29 years, or four years off from the 36 based on 2032.
0: Maybe he was rounding up.
1: They weren't doing anything. (laughs) They don't know what year it was.
0: Well, they do thaw out John Spartan, and he obviously doesn't fit in the world. He doesn't understand how things have changed. And one thing I wanted to point out that I thought was horrible is they tout this freezing prison, this cryogenic prison as like a modern humane way because people don't lose their life, you know, they stay young and they also apply the uh, mental, I forget what they call it, but they like do something to their brain that alters their behavior. So that they can come out and, like, they know how to do something. They have, like, a trade, basically. It all sounds great, except for when he comes out and he asks about his wife and kid. And I think, oh, yeah, your wife and kid who stayed out here and continued to age. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to come back to them the same age. That's horrible.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: If you're going to put me in this cryogenic prison, just kill me.
1: I 100% Or at least
0: it has to be a minimum of 100 years. Don't even bother.
1: And then he finds out that his wife is dead. Yeah. And his daughter is...
0: His daughter's not dead. It was a cutout scene in the movie, but you never see anything of it. There is a small clip in the movie where you see him holding a little girl that he's protecting. She lives underground. I mean, that comes up later. It is his daughter, but... They cut out all the scenes that would have shown you any of that. Mm. So you don't know it, but he does reunite with his daughter. Mm. I don't know how old she would be. The reason that they cut it out was...
1: It doesn't make sense if he's holding a little girl. She would have to be...
0: I say holding. Maybe he was just guarding her and maybe she wasn't that old because one of the complaints they had and the reason they cut it out is because they thought it was weird that he would sleep with some woman that's the same age as his daughter. Mm. That's why they got rid of that whole... I didn't
1: realize the old girl was supposed to be the same age as his daughter, but he's like that age.
0: Yeah, but he was frozen.
1: Uh. I don't I listen there's some timeline issues with this you know that can play into sequels prequels whatever you want we'll talk about that later but to find out that your family has had to live without you and then now knowing that if his daughter's alive that that his wife died and his daughter was living alone.
0: It's just you can't go back to your depending on how this all works and exactly the timelines you come out of this prison at 30 and go back to your 70 year old wife yeah, And you're like, I guess we'll just continue. Like, yeah, I know you love him, but still, it's completely different. Anyway, he comes out. He doesn't know how anything works. One of my favorite parts of the movies is he's cursing and he keeps getting fined. And that happens to both him and Simon Phoenix throughout the movie. And sometimes in the movie, I mean, it's through the entire movie, but sometimes it's just in the background. You barely hear the little yeah. ticket giver. It's like, you've been fined one credit. And then.
1: I would like to talk about that as well. So remember he's talking about you guys are out of toilet paper... And yeah. you only have three seashells and they're all like, hee, 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 <laughs> He doesn't laughing. know how to use
0: the seashells. Can I,
1: I have a serious question from all of this. You know, when he's like one second, and he walks up to that thing and starts cursing it out and it gives him a ton of paper. Yeah. And then he holds it up and he says, I'll be right back. Do you think it was to finally go after being frozen for all of that time? Or was it to go clean what he previously <laughs> couldn't figure out he needed to clean with?
0: Look, it was clearly that he was going to use it as general toilet paper to finally go. His plan was to come out and find some toilet paper, and Mm -hmm. he did. Okay. According to the screenwriter, Daniel Waters, the inspiration for The Three Seashells came about when he was writing a scene where Spartan had to use a restroom. He was trying to come up with a futuristic thing you'd find in there, and he was having trouble. So he called a buddy, another screenwriter across town, asked him if he had any ideas. Coincidentally enough... That person was in the bathroom. When he answered the phone, he looked around his bathroom and said, I have a bag of seashells on the toilet as a decoration. And Waters said, okay, I'll make something out of that.
1: Oh, my and that's how we ended
0: up with the three seashells thing. Ouch. He um, is told that you have to find Simon Phoenix you have no choice. So he goes, gets ready. He's going to the museum where they assume, or he assumes that Simon Phoenix would be because he knows who he is. And he's like, he's going to want to get a gun. When he gets in the car with Lenina Huxley and Alfredo Garcia, they're like, do you want us to play some like music for you that we have an oldie station? And they turn on the oldie station and it's just, commercial tunes like Mm -hmm. it's so fucking funny they're like all singing along they're like this is my favorite one it's like a hot dog commercial yeah it's
1: a weird hot dog commercial too
0: (laughs) just imagine if the commercials that we have today, we're one day just like on, I mean, I don't even, commercials don't use songs as much anymore.
1: Listen, we won't lie to the listeners that we have definitely googled 90s, early 2000s commercials because they hit different.
0: I mean, I do that for comfort. If you've never tried that, whatever time you were born around, if you watched commercials and you've never tried this, go to YouTube and just look up your era and the commercials and just let that video play. It's comfort. It feels good.
1: It does feel good. Am I outness too much right now?
0: No. So they are correct that Simon Phoenix is at the museum. And I just can't believe that all of the guns in the museum are actual guns, not replicas. They're all fully loaded and they feature live ammunition in this museum. No way in hell should he have been able to get a shotgun, some kind of futuristic rifle, and also use a cannon. Inside of this museum. I
1: mean, yeah, he blew it to shreds. He blew it to shreds because
0: they had live ammo in here. Insane.
1: Yeah, this is the point where we meet that old man, cockatoo. Yes. I don't know what his name is. It
0: is it, cockatoo. Like the bird. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, so that's where you meet him, and it and it basically you find out that he programmed Simon to do this because he wants to kill somebody named uh, Edgar
0: Friendly. Edgar
1: Friendly. Yeah. Yes. And John notices this.
0: Well, he notices that it's recorded on camera and he asks to see how come Simon Phoenix did not kill Cockatoo. And he can't because part of the programming was that you can't kill him because he's one of the guys that is trying to control all this. Apparently, he's the guy that created the current society and how everything is. And I kind of wondered, because he doesn't seem like a king, a president. He seems like a mayor. Is it just San Angeles that's like this? Is the rest of the world normal?
1: I really kind of think that. <laughs> I think that it's almost like culty in a way. Because there. this man is so old He had to have been alive when John Spartan was a cop.
0: It hasn't really been that long. It's only been 36 years. That's what I'm
1: saying. There's no way this old man wasn't around and doesn't know what happened between Simon and John.
0: You'd think everyone would know, but everyone was like, who's John Spartan when it was brought up? Yeah. But anyway. The old girl
1: knew who he was, but it was just based on video.
0: Well, she is obsessed with that era. They make comments about that. Like, even her office, she has, like, a Lethal Weapon 3 poster up. Like... And
1: her um, apartment.
0: Yes, and her apartment. Like, she loves that stuff. So it makes sense that she would know all this. Taco so... Bell. <laughs> you just going to say Taco Bell? I
1: figured that's what we were going to next.
0: Well, I did want to say that before we get there, I mean, yes, Cockatoo invites John and Lenina to taco bell uh, to thank him for saving him and obviously john is confused by this especially back when this movie came out in 93 taco bell was a different place than it is now i mean they had pretty basic stuff and it was a hell of a lot cheaper yeah so in fact i believe that i read something that said like the writers when they chose taco bell they were like because they just thought it was the trashiest like thing
1: well taco bell's not trashy
0: (laughs) well okay either way
1: Listen, I do have a question when we're talking about them going to dinner at Taco Bell. You know, it's like this super fancy restaurant now and all of this, and they're talking about they're the only one who survived the Franchise Wars. Who would have survived the Franchise Wars for you?
0: It depends what the Franchise Wars were. The way they describe them doesn't sound to me like it was like everybody was trying their best to make the best food. It sounds to me like they were out there with guns fighting. Oh. And if that's the case, it's whoever has the most money, which is probably McDonald's.
1: I'm thinking franchise (laughs) war between McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Taco Bell, and Arby's. Those are probably the five staples I can think of.
0: Those are insane staples that you just said. What an insane (laughs) string of words you just used to say that Arby's... Arby's? Arby's
1: is a franchise.
0: Arby's does not know.
1: (laughs) I mean, Burger King doesn't belong there either. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. You get out of here.
0: Arby's is nowhere. Arby's is trash.
1: So is Burger King. No, it's not. Absolute garbage.
0: (laughs) No. What do you know? place you're from? Look, Arby's is not in this conversation.
1: Neither is Burger King. So it would have to be. No,
0: it's McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, and uh, KFC. I'd
1: pick Taco Bell.
0: Well, McDonald's has the most money. Well. They would have won. Even if it wasn't about fighting, they would have just paid to have whatever food they need to beat out Taco Bell. If McDonald's wanted to, they could pay the money and make a better taco than Taco Bell.
1: I am going to leave this house right now and never return a better taco than Taco Bell.
0: If they wanted to. No,
1: don't you. Taco Bell has some absolute bobs on the menu.
0: It's about money. That's that's it. That's
1: fine that it's about money, but don't you come and say...
0: Listen, we're McDonald's well would make... off track here.
1: That's fine.
0: When they're at Taco Bell, some criminals, quote...
1: Criminals!
0: ...come out, and it turns out that there's these people that live underground, and they're trying to steal from this Taco Bell food truck. And John goes to stop them. He starts delivering his classic action movie lines. He's like... Uh, You're going to regret this the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. Fucking perfect. It is. And I also like that Lenina Huxley tries to deliver her own lines, but she doesn't know anything for real. So she says, like, met his meat and licked his ass.
1: Yeah, I don't like that either.
0: (laughs) Or later she's like, let's go blow this guy.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and he's like, close enough.
0: Take this job and shovel it. Yeah. Just the greatest lines.
1: Yeah, the greatest lines. But John Spartan figures out that those people attacked because they were hungry.
0: Yeah, and he judges them. He's like, this is nonsense that these people are just trying to get some food. I'm not a hero for this. Simon Phoenix, we get a scene where he speaks with Cockatoo and he's like, I need, you know, guns. I need more people. I need all this stuff if you expect me to kill John Spartan. He agrees to give it all to him. And then John Spartan and Lenina Huxley are going home for the night. John has like a room he's going to get to stay in near Lenina Huxley. And she's like, you know, all this action today, it can make people feel like they want to have sex. Do you want to have sex? And he's like, take him back because that seems weird in his day. But it's less weird in her day, I guess, because you don't actually do anything that you would consider sex today. You just put on a helmet and it's like it happens in your mind. It's like
1: that Black Mirror episode.
0: I guess, yeah, kind of like that, which he acts like super hateful about it. It seemed all right. I mean, yeah, it's a little weird, but you're getting you're probably still going to get all the same satisfaction. You just don't touch her yeah it'd be a lot safer you know like disease wise that's why you can just ask somebody like yeah so uh you want to have sex anyway he's like let's just do it the old-fashioned way he says some gross shit he's like you know the hunk a <laughs> like what and the fuck like, is exchange that exchange
1: of body It's disgusting yeah
0: and she just kicks him out he doesn't get anything that night because he complained about it <laughs>
1: yeah but he does sew her a sweater and that solves her anger towards him
0: yeah the next day he gives her that sweater he learns that part of his reprogramming while he was in prison taught him how to sew and he knows all about that shit now so they take a trip to the sewer and they meet um edgar friendly the guy that simon phoenix is supposed to be programmed to kill and all these people that live underground he gets him a fucking burger that scene's hilarious he's like eating it he said
1: this is a rat burger
0: yeah And he stops for a minute. Best
1: burger I've had in years. Yeah,
0: he just doesn't care. Whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of all the things that have changed, like, we know rats are not something humans are supposed to eat because of all of the diseases that they carry. And he's, like, not taken back by that as much as he was taken back by the we don't touch to have sex anymore.
0: Yeah, he's just, whatever. It's fine. I mean, you know, that's how bad he wanted a burger, I guess. So, when they are down in the sewer simon phoenix and his gang attack and they basically force them out of the sewer they need to retaliate towards simon phoenix and phoenix also gets one of his people to kill cockatoo so he's just full loose now just doing whatever he wants he's back to taking over they thought that they could control him and they couldn't so john and phoenix i mean the movie kind of wraps up rather quickly once they finally fight again i mean i guess i should mention that john does like knock out lenina huxley and prevents her from going along for this final battle
1: yeah it's because she felt bad about killing that guy
0: yeah she did she i guess they don't you know they don't ever have to do that i mean the cops are not even armed with guns in the modern day they have
1: so he did it for quote unquote her own good and she was like thank you i actually appreciate that which was a little weird but
0: i think maybe for the time of the movie it was more just like look this is about John Spartan, not you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Either way. I agree. He is the demolition man, which he did prove once again at the prison.
0: So when he's fighting Simon Phoenix, like, Simon Phoenix lost because he couldn't land a single shot.
1: No, he, (laughs) I said that too. First off, John got got by the cryo claw, right? Simon couldn't hit him. He is a worse shooter than a stormtrooper.
0: He is terrible. So
1: bad. That's why he, and then I, then I was like, well, maybe he's just missing because, you know, he thinks it's funny, but I don't think that. I think that he truly just couldn't hit him. He,
0: even if he thought it was funny, it's his fault he lost. He should have had that fight, and instead he fucking fumbled that shit because he couldn't hit him.
1: I agree. And then John kills Simon by kicking his cryoed head off.
0: Yeah, he freezes him. Like, it, some of the liquid gets on him, freezes him, and he kicks his frozen head off. And he says, heads up, as he kicks his head
1: This is just some prime 90s action
0: lines. Yeah. And when he, you know, he did his duty, basically, I guess he's just going to be free now and get with Lenina Huxley, which kind of question, I guess, because he's mentions somewhere in the movie that you're not unconscious when you're in uh, prison like that. You're just alive and you just have to sit there. So I guess you've been sitting there alone for 36 years and then you come out and find your wife is dead. Maybe it's not so weird to move on, but it felt a little weird. Is
1: it 36 or 29?
0: It's, it's for sure 36. They're wrong. It's 36 because we saw the year was 96 and then 2032. 2032. So okay. we have that for sure.
1: So they're just wrong that he was up for parole at 29 years and got out. And John hasn't worn a shield in 40 years. It's been 36. Okay, okay.
0: And when he comes out of there, they all decide as a community that the world's going to change. We're not going to do it the way that Cockatoo was doing it. And the chief, who was an asshole to him the whole time, is like... I mean, you know, he's congratulating him, too. He's, like, finally nice at the end. So I have one last piece of trivia. You may know where this is going.
1: (laughs) Uh, I can guess.
0: It's because you're reading my stuff, aren't you? I'm
1: not reading anything, but I could guess.
0: So Bob Gutton that played... Chief George Arrow. Oh my Earl.
1: god, get out of here. He also
0: played Leland's Owsley in the first season of Daredevil, which featured Charlie Cox, who was also in Spider-Man No Way Home, which stars Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Now you might know that Tom Holland starred in twenty seventeen Spider-Man Homecoming, which featured Donald Glover as Aaron Davis. And Donald Glover, of course, wore Spider-Man pajamas in his TV show Community. And the comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis describes the image of Glover in Spider-Man pajamas as one of the major inspirations for the creation of the character Miles Morales. Glover also voiced Miles Morales in Disney's Ultimate Spider-Man in 2012 cartoon series. And most recently, spoiler alert, he appeared in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is a movie about Miles Morales. So as you can see... Donald Glover has a lot to do with Miles Morales. They're very connected.
1: Oh, okay. And that has something to do with this movie?
0: Well, I showed you the connection. Bob Gutton, played by Chief George. I'm so Chief George <laughs> Earl played by Bob. This Guttin. is
1: your version of Joker Reviews, <laughs> no. isn't it? Yes. No. it is. Any opportunity to tell I just that thought, story. I thought
0: it was an interesting Any connection. Any
1: opportunity to how long did you have to search for that connection? <laughs>
0: I didn't have to search for more than a second, because as soon as I saw his face, I was like, he's in Daredevil.
1: Is that so?
0: Yeah, I knew he was in Daredevil. Oh, okay. You don't remember him? Anyway, I fucking loved this movie. And I normally don't even care about action movies, but something about this one just hit right. I gave it a five out of five. Listen,
1: I actually really, really enjoyed this movie, and I gave it a 4.6, specifically for the timeline (laughs) disruptance. I mean, that just really threw it off for me. But it was a great movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was like, when you think classic action movies, some of them you go back and watch and you're like, wow, this is incredibly cheesy. Something about the cheesiness. I think it was
1: a unique story.
0: That too. And the
1: cheesiness was supposed to be that way.
0: Well, it just felt normal still. It didn't feel too ridiculous. And yeah, the story, I've not seen anything like that in modern movies. Like I haven't seen anyone try and repeat that exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. It was a really, really, really good movie. Today... today record, record, hit and record.
0: Today, the game I have for you is Boy. going to be a versus game.
1: The old boot.
0: <laughs> so...
1: You know I love these versus games because I get them all right.
0: No, there's nothing to get right here. Yeah, there is. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do, you know, Sylvester Stallone as he was... In is a big action star.
1: Yes. Characters, Even at his ripe age of 80.
0: Yes. Characters that he has played versus other people that are action stars.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So I'll let you just pick pick a number one through three for each person. for
1: Three.
0: Okay. Well, Sylvester Sloan's number three is Rambo. Now pick another one through three for his competition. Two. Two is Blade, Wesley Snipes. Ooh. So who do you think would win that? Hmm.
1: Probably Blade.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, Rambo's got a lot of guns and stuff, but Blade, well, he's part vampire. And he normally fights vampires, which...
1: And he normally fights people with guns, too, though. Yes. And he has a leather duster. The leather duster sends him a step above. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Pick another, or one or two. Two. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> okay, and then one or three? Three. Three. Jackie Chan. I didn't put a character. Just Jackie Chan.
1: <laughs> Rocky Balboa.
0: Bullshit. That,
1: no. It's He's not true. touching
0: Jackie Chan. Yeah, he is. No. In no a way. boxing match? Jackie Chan doesn't no, have to box. Bo- no, yes, in a boxing No, they're just fighting.
1: Fighting? It's Rocky.
0: <laughs> no way. Rocky
1: knows how to take a punch.
0: You've clearly not watched enough Jackie Chan.
1: You clearly don't believe in Rocky. The
0: speed at which this man moves. Yeah,
1: Rocky's a pretty quick cat.
0: You're wrong. I'm not changing my answer. We're just going to end it on that. The last thing is King Shark from Suicide Squad.
1: Oh, that was him. Hand. Hand. (laughs) Versus
0: (laughs) the Terminator.
1: The Terminator.
0: Absolutely. I mean, even if King Shark ate him, he's a Terminator.
1: I feel like you just set old Sylvester up for a big old loss. No.
0: See, if it had been Rambo versus Terminator, I would have said Rambo, and then... Rocky Balboa versus Jackie Chan, I still would have picked Jackie Chan. Oh,
1: you're an idiot. And
0: then King Shark versus Blade, I would have said King Shark.
1: I do not think.
0: <laughs> Let me just stop you right there, this game's over.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's time because he knows Blade would be for King the
0: Shark. sequels. Sequels. Go right ahead. All right. Wait, wait, wait. In 2020, in a fan Q and A, Stallone responded to a question about the film, saying, "I think we are doing a sequel. I think it's coming. We're working on it right now with Warner Brothers, and it's looking fantastic. So that should come out. That's going to happen. And then nothing else has been said about it. So maybe one day we'll actually get a sequel. If you guys are looking for ideas, here's two.
1: Yeah. Shout us out on SoundCloud. I made mine a limited series.
0: Oh. Called
1: Demolition Team. Oh. All right. So it's been however many years since 1996. It depends on if they want correct math or not math. (laughs) Okay. Or since 2032, I guess. Yeah. Right. So um, the world's figured out a way to live, like, in somewhat peace during this period. Like, you still have your, like police officer stuff, but crime's not, like, super wild. There's going to be an introduction to someone who wants to ruin it all. A woman will be seen planting explosives and blowing up a building of innocent people. This is the first extreme violent attack in years, and nobody knows who it could be. Panda John Spartan who's just trying to live his grandpa life at home (laughs) running Spartan sweaters that he knits. The (laughs) government comes knocking on his door trying to convince him he's the only man for this job. Although he does turn the job down, He just says he wants to live his quiet grandpa life at home and visit his dead wife's grave every day because his dear wife has passed away. Next, John's wife's grave is demolished. Oh my god. Convincing him the person behind these crimes is out to get him, but the only person that would be is Simon Phoenix. Pan to John kicking off his head and saying, heads up, or whatever he says. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. John agrees to this, but says that he's pretty old now and he needs to assemble a team to help him as he hasn't been a cop in many years. He decides to enlist the help of three other people. One will be his son, John Jr. Another will be Arnold Schwarzenegger. I haven't made up his character's name yet. And Arnold (laughs) Schwarzenegger's son. I personally think that should be played by his real life son. Okay. The one out of Wetlock. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. (laughs) Okay. joseph (laughs) together these men will find out who's behind this eventually they come to realize simon phoenix is indeed dead but because of the rehab from the cryo facility he was able to have his mind placed in a computer system and so he's been running computer systems for that amount of time they think it's just the computer however somebody had to be behind these attacks to plant the explosives Big reveal, it's John's daughter and she did end up surviving Um, and he never knew nor was ever told and so she grew up hating him thinking that he left her behind after he was unfrozen for a new life and family. She's been working with Simon because he's been able to manipulate computers to continue to lie to her and has planted this lie in her head. Hmm. And then he manipulated the computers so every time John like searched for her she never came up. So eventually she finds out Simon has been lying to her and that John never knew. John's torn up and feeling guilty that he never, he didn't search for her harder and just believe that she died along with his previous wife. But he decides the only thing to do is to let her kill him because if she successful, then if she's successful, then all of this will stop and there will be no more crime. And so right before killing him, Arnold jumps in the way, and because he, he figured out how to override Simon on the computer and reveals the truth to her about how Simon's been hiding this all this time. So she decides not to kill John and helps them defeat Simon once or for all. The show is going to end with her moving in with John to help him run Spartan. Spartans sweaters. And they're going to have a family barbecue. Because <laughs> it's all about
0: family. family. Oh my god. <laughs> well. Two thumbs down after the ending.
1: I told you earlier that you <laughs> no, love my ending.
0: I mean, I like it.
1: Obviously not. you.
0: I like, you sound... I like several things about it, as usual. I don't like the barbecue. <laughs> That's if it. I had
1: taken the barbecue out.
0: I don't know. I vote for mine every time, no matter what I think.
1: Listen, guys, I just want to point out, he's only ever been like, oh my, that was really good, once.
0: I really liked that you brought in no, Arnold.
1: I don't even and... care. Get out of here. <laughs> just go to yours
0: demolition man 2040 john spartan is a soon-to-be retired police captain when the past once again comes back to haunt him a criminal known only as prisoner one has begun causing trouble in the city and after several units who have attempted to stop his crimes have gone missing john decides to suit up once more you like it so far yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> While following up on a lead, John is shocked to find Simon Phoenix somehow alive and believes him to be the culprit. Not only is Phoenix seemingly not as aged as John, but there appears to be more than one of him. John calls for backup and gets his ex-wife Huxley to come in as backup. Huxley, being the expert on the past, realizes Prisoner 1 is not Simon Phoenix, and is actually the first ever prisoner who was frozen for his crimes at a separate testing facility, when they first began human testing trials on the criminal freezing technology. Prisoner One is then revealed to the audience. Played by Jackie Chan, Prisoner One is shown to have cloned Simon Phoenix and has nearly an army of him simply as his henchmen. Cutting between scenes of Prisoner One describing the next steps to his henchmen and Huxley telling John what she knows and what she has a hunch about. We learn that the cryo technology was imperfect when they tested on the first ever prisoner and it caused him to forget much of who he was and made him more twisted than ever. John must confront this monster with the help of Huxley, and while it's the toughest fight of his life, ultimately, they're able to beat him by figuring out his rehabilitation training, taught Prisoner 1 about animal caregiving, and with a canine squad, he is unable to harm them and taken out by John Spartan.
1: I liked parts of it. my god. Yeah, everyone. (sighs) He doesn't like the taste of his own Thank you for
0: making it this far. We hope you enjoyed. If you are able and willing, please share our show with someone, leave us a review, and come back for more next week. If you would like to vote on whose sequel idea was the best, come by our YouTube channel for the polls, or let us know your idea with a comment, tweet, or you can reach us at needlesssequel at gmail.com. Links, as always, will be wherever you are listening. Alright, be easy, everyone. We will see you next week.
1: Be well, listeners.